Hey, it's Still Sober with John Raven, and I'm going right into it. We're going full speed. That's not true. I just had this discussion with my coworkers. We had a team meeting today, and I, they basically, I had some stuff I wanted to say in the meeting, and there's four people in the meeting, counting me, okay? One other person knew the stuff that I was going to say. And I was dragging my feet being me so long that she interrupted me to present what I was going to say to the other two people in order to move the meeting along because I drag ass. And I did take it personally and I was irritated with it, but she had a point because she did succinctly say what I was going to say. I think that's what irritated me more was that, uh, that she was able to present that information better than I was. To be fair to me, I am a warehouse thug and she is a salesperson that deals with marketing and sales. So I think that's fair. I, I, I shouldn't be so hard on myself. I'm not actually being hard on myself. Uh, I'm being realistic. Um, but uh, it, I was like, what the fuck? But also, no, I get it. So, so I am one to not go straight to it. So, for example, I've just spent two minutes saying that there's no way that I'm going to get right to what I wanted to talk to you about. This is the podcast. If this is the first time you've ever listened to it, I'm sorry. But this is who it is. This is what it is. Do you like it so far? No? Probably should move along. If you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. It is hot as fuck. This is the hottest week here in Texas. They say this is going to be the hottest week. I don't believe them. I think they think it's going to be the hottest week and then it's going to cool down. But then it's going to get hot again. Who knows? It sucks out there. But... In a related manner to it sucking, it turns out that thinking positively works, and that irritates the shit out of me. It irritates me to be positive and it be effective because I don't want to be positive at work. I want to bitch and moan. But apparently, if I'm in a good mood and I take things in stride and keep my mood up, I get through it more successfully than when I'm being a pain in the ass. And I know by saying that out loud, when I'm hearing that, I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. That's exactly how that works. That's why that's a thing. But can I... And, you know, I don't know how long I can keep this going, but it's been two days in a row that I've had a positive mindset about work, about the fact that no matter what happens, we'll be able to get through it. And it's been working. And that sucks. It irritates me to, because that's not my role in the company. 
you have to have the bad guys got to be there. Otherwise, people will push you around if you're just so, oh, no, I'll be easygoing. I'm not that. I'm, I'm the guy who's got to protect everybody else. I'm the asshole. That's the role I play. So it's this, I got to walk this line, right? So I've got to continue to be that guy because I got to watch out for everybody. Don't take any shit. But but by also, you know, do that. But in my head, keep those positive waves, man. Which is funny because you know how I feel about hippies. But still the same kind of thing. Because honestly, the hippies, they, they were on the right path, but they just didn't shower, didn't shave, and tried to fuck each other while doing drugs. So if you take away the uh, let's all fuck each other and let's all do drugs and then you shower and shave, but then keep the other stuff, you're okay. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, why don't you take this part and cut out all that other polyamorous, unshaven, patchouli-wearing fucking dumb shit. I'm going to take that out of the way, but take the concept of, hey, man, we're all made of the same particles and we're all together, blah, 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 blah. And then also make it more reasonably uh, less annoying, you know, the concept. He goes, oh, you know, aren't we all God? You know, I don't know. It's it, I'm getting off track. So, but yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what that's what's been happening this week. Is I'm having a good week. Um, part of it is because my shoulder is not hurting as much because it's getting better. You know, and I'm doing the do. You know, I'm resting it, wrapping it, icing it, taking anti-inflammatory. You know, doing stuff, just letting it kind of take its course. So yeah, it is, as I discussed last week about the uh, chronic pain, uh, will definitely put a damper. Uh, in addition to the, you know, heat stroke inducing temperatures that are going on outside, trying to work and do all that. And you have those things going on along with internal strife and everything else in your workplace, like it, it can all just add up and turn shit. But, uh, but apparently if I just don't, uh, you know, just positive mindset to figure out a solution. So I'm going to try to figure out how I can maintain that without being a goddamn hippie about it. And while also being true to my own nature, which is to tell people no. (laughs) Uh, It's nothing like being a pain in the ass that they can't say anything to because your work ethic is so strong and you're holding the company together because you bust ass. Because that's the secret. You do a really good job and then you can be a prick about it. That's the secret. And you're indispensable. Also, it helps to be in a company so small you don't have an HR department or even really technically an HR person. Um, you know, so that you don't, they won't send you to a class or something because you're, you know, abrasive to 
office people. I don't know. Anyway, but that's what's been going on. It's been been interesting. Just two straight days of, uh, man, I had a good day at work. Why? Because I thought positively about it. And it put me in the right mindset to troubleshoot any of the problems that came up. I didn't panic. Now, granted, it's not busy, busy right now. It's hard to keep that mindset and do that kind of stuff while it's really busy and everything's going crazy. But I don't know, it's baby steps. It's weird. And it just, I, I, it's just when you think, when I think about it and I'm like, it just bothers me that it's like, I think the thing that bothers me is I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? This seems so obvious because it's just, I don't know. You don't, you don't see yourself until you step outside and then you look at it and you're like, oh, right. This is more effective. Now, will I be able to maintain it? Who knows? Some of you will rightfully say, no, you're not going to be able to maintain this. Of course not. But if I can have more days like the past couple of work days and less days like the past few weeks where I've been in a panic and kind of stressed out and grumbly, it's like I think that's that's the, the idea is not to have 100% positive thinking days. Just have a higher percentage of positive thinking versus negative thinking. Or as I like to put them, realistic thinking. Well, no, realistic thinking, but a positive mindset. There you go. That's that's the sweet spot. I mean, be realistic. I mean, be in a positive mindset, but also let's let's be realistic about this. So, I'd give you guys examples, but I realized uh, a long time ago that. Um, from personal experience, but also from um, from witnessing other people try to explain uh, bullshit that happens at work. And you know, anytime anybody that you don't work, anybody that either a family member or a friend or somebody tries to tell you what's going on at work, you sit through it because you're a good friend or because you're related to that person, but you find it dull. You don't, you don't have a whole lot of questions. Oh, my God. Um, can you give me the backstory on Diane and why she's such a bitch? Like, you don't do that. It's like, why is she treating you so bad? Tell me more about Sam and why he's shitty. Like, nobody, you know, you don't want, the, you don't want to go that route. It's terrible. So that's why I didn't go into details. I always like to keep it vague. And just talk about concepts of, oh, this is what's going on. So that's what's going on. Oh, I I have a news article I want to bitch about or talk about. And before I get to it, I got distracted by another news story that uh, the headline is car crashes into second floor of Pennsylvania house. An investigation determined that the crash was intentional. And I love that the uh, that in the middle of the this is a, now this is on NBC. This is a real news article. 
they said uh, the vehicle went into a culvert, culvert behind the house before landing on the roof. According to the Junction Fire Company, the investigation found speed to be a factor in the crash. No kidding. You think that speed was in a, was a factor in the fact that a car landed on the second floor of a house? You didn't get up there going 23? Yeah, I can. That's a hell of a picture. So, okay, distractions. Um, this is also a this is from NPR this is a public health article it's called it says only one in five people with opioid addiction get the medications to treat it study finds now I don't know how wide this study is that's the thing about studies is you don't know how many people or it says that uh, it's a study published Monday in the JAMA JAMA. I don't know what that stands for. Somebody listening knows what it is. Uh, found that it's like uh, 80% of Americans weren't able to get safe, effective medications. Uh, but in nationwide, only one in five people with opioid use disorder received the medications considered the gold standard for opioid treatment, such as methadone, buprenorphine, that's Suboxone. <coughs> or extended release naltrexone, which I haven't um, had any knowledge or experience about naltrexone. That's interesting because naltrexone, I looked up, is used for both alcohol addiction and opioid addiction. I think it's, I think it's in that same kind of deal where it, you take it and it, you know, and it attaches to receptors so that even if, so that if you drink or take opioids after taking the medication, it doesn't do anything or maybe even makes you sick. That's interesting. So, um, but here's the thing that, that, that bugged me was, is that all have been proven safe and effective at helping patients survive and recover. They're also relatively easy to prescribe, but many doctors choose not to do so. Well, first thing, I don't think that over this the course of this, what, several decades, I don't think that it's been proven that methadone is safe and effective. I think that it has been effective for some people. And I think if you use it um, as directed, it can be safe. But it also, you have to... The methadone withdrawals are actually more dangerous than heroin with withdrawals. So if you're taking the medication and you just immediately decide not to, you know, like I'm tired of doing this, methadone can fuck you up. You've got to taper off of it. It's also weird when you see the line of people that are on methadone waiting at a methadone clinic. I don't know if you've been around that, but it's weird. It's, you know, it's like a new form of, it's like a safer form of addiction. And it's like, so it's better than being a junkie on heroin. 
or and especially now on fentanyl. I'll give you that. It's definitely better. But it's just, it's still, there's a level to it that is uncomfortable. Um, Suboxone or the buprenorphine, the Suboxone that I've seen people, people that I know who have taken it, it's actually been um, successful. It actually helped them get off of heroin. So, and, but I have not done enough follow-ups to know how long they've taken it, if they're still taking it after all these years. Did they taper off of it? You know, uh, I don't know about that. So it'd be interesting to note the buprenorphine and naltrexone. The thing that it does bug me that doctors do not prescribe it. They have the mentality of, well, you're a drug addict. I'm not going to give you drugs because you'll abuse this because a lot of people became drug addicts because of fucking doctors. And then all of a sudden now you won't prescribe something. You didn't seem to have a problem prescribing it at the beginning. Is it because now Trexone and Suboxone and Methadone, is it because they don't have the kickbacks from those drugs aren't the same amount of money as from the Sackler family? Is that what it is? You know, it's, you would think at 2023, with the opioid crisis being the way that it is, that doctors wouldn't still have a stigma about the shit. Anyway, the, the last thing I will say about this, because it's interesting to come up with an actual solution because because you read through this article and it's like it's kind of saying hey doctors just aren't prescribing it that sucks right everybody thanks for uh, reading and then they just you just kind of leave and you're like what what are we doing here it's like uh, you're gonna inform me on something and give me no record like is there anything that any of us can do here it talks about some kind of study Blah, blah, blah. We, we saw this other study. And then, but the, okay, this is the paragraph I'm going to read. This latest study points to one possible solution. It found people with opioid addiction who received medical support via telehealth through online or telephone consultations were roughly 38 times more likely to be prescribed proper medications. And that's from a. Uh, uh, CDC study, uh, CDC, Jesus, who focused on roughly 47,000 Americans experiencing opioid addiction. But that's interesting. 38 times more likely. So if you know somebody, the, the other problem, I think, with, uh, with addicts getting the right medication is you need money to go see a doctor. So you got this window when you have a drug problem. You got this window before you hit, before you bottom out and burn all your bridges that you've got to get help about before you become broke, before somebody can't help you or doesn't want to help you. They're done. So, but that seems like it's, it's like anything else. It's like the, uh, 
because there's online you can get a doctor online i mean that's how like um what like roman and like uh those different uh hymns whatever it is those different type of uh websites when you're trying to get some kind of supplements for like rogaine or you know viagra or anything like that the whole idea is you can contact a uh, quote unquote physician i mean it is a real physician but they see you know thousands of people just by you know they have people that review the email and then they sign it off sign off on it or stuff but that's the whole thing you gotta work around the system you can't go in and see some old man or just some doctor that's gonna judge you by the way you look and be all like eh, this seems like just drug-seeking behavior you don't know nowhere you're not gonna be able to look up the doctor unless I guess I guess maybe they have Google reviews. This guy hates junkies. I don't know if that's going to happen. Check out the Yelp reviews on a doctor. It seems like if you need to get medication, try to fight it. Like because it's it can be, you know, it's not a willpower thing. Like it's strong, especially with opioids. It's it's why it's such a problem. It's. The only, the only thing that I would say is that it's hard to, you know, how are you going to know which one of those medications to get, what's going to work for you better. But if you need to get Suboxone, it seems like, you know, that I think, you know, I personally think Suboxone over methadone, I'll tell you that. Um, it seems like if you do it online, treat it like trying to get Viagra, right? You don't want to talk to a doctor. You're afraid to go, hey, I need dick pills. So you do it online. Do the same thing with addiction. You know, because they'll do it. They'll send, they'll mail you the medication. That's an interesting solution. I never thought I'm really going to. That's a that's a really good idea. I would also still try, you know, you still got to do therapy. You still got to, whether it be, you know, a 12 step or a meeting or a therapist or whatever, you still got to figure out the source of the issue. If you know the source, like you were injured and then this is just, you know, you, you still need to therapy to repair all the patterns, the behavioral patterns that you've developed by being a drug addict that you got to break out of. It's really important that you get that you get help with that while also being off of the drug. You do the medication so that you can physically stay off the drug. And then you do the therapy or recovery meetings or whatever, you know, group whatever you uh, can find that that works for you the support network that you can, so that you can repair everything else so that you can keep going. And so that you don't fall back into old patterns, get back on the shit. All right. Still sober pod at gmail.com. I appreciate it. You guys, we'll see you next week. All right. Later.
telephone line 